Thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing the cries. Lord, my Father, thank you, Lord. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for intervening, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Father. Oh, Lord, thank you. Pray for, Lord, our own Father, family, Lord, Jesus. Pray for Stephen, Lord, cause him, Father, to have the oxygen saturation restored perfectly. Oh, Lord, my God, what you've begun, Father. Indeed, Lord, complete, Lord. Bless and strengthen him, Father, pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, the great rescue. You rescued him, Father. Continue, Lord to bless and strengthen, just like Esther. Continue, Lord, to have your mighty hand upon them. And all our loved ones, Father, near and far. In the critical cases, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name, O Lord, our God. Thank you for hearing the cries of your children. Lord God, I thank you for raining down from heaven your eternal mercies, O Lord, in this hour. Speak to us once more, Father. Strengthen your children. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Turn to the book of Hebrews. We are going to study the book of Hebrews with God's help. This book that has been called a commentary or exposition on the book of Leviticus having to do with the priesthood, we'll see that it is uh, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ specifically as our faithful high priest the Eternals. High Priest of God for us. Along the way we'll see there are a lot more things that we are told exceedingly great and precious promises as well as exceedingly critical warnings. God is our strength and our help. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. There are only 14 verses. We'll read this in two versions, as we often do, in the New King James Version and in the New Living Translation. One person can read one translation, another one read the other translation, please. Hebrews chapter 1 in NKJV Version. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the works, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things, by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And 
you Lord in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands they will perish but you remain and they will all grow old like a garment like a cloak you will fold them up and they will be changed but you are the same and your ears will not fail but to which of the angels has he ever said sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation Hebrews chapter 1 NLT version Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets and now in these final days he has spoken to us through his son God promised everything to the son as an inheritance and through the son he created the universe the son's radiance the son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command when he had cleansed us from our sins he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven this shows that the son is far greater than the angels just as the name God gave him is greater than their names for God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus you are my son today i have become your father god also said i will be his father and he will be my son and when he brought his supreme son into the world god said let all of god's angels worship him regarding the angels he says he sends his angels like the winds his servants like flames of fire but to the son he says your throne oh god endures forever and ever you rule with a scepter of justice your love you love justice and hate evil therefore oh god your god has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else he also says to the son in the beginning Lord you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands they will perish but you remain forever they will wear out like old clothing you will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing but you are always the same you will live forever and God never said to any of the angels sit in the place of honor at my right hand until i humble your enemies making them a footstool under your feet therefore angels are only servants spirits sent to care for people who live who will inherit salvation praise the lord praise the lord this book of hebrews is an encouraging book to give to us the assurance we need that we can come to God for our present needs our present trials and trust him that he'll help us to finish the race victoriously and enter heaven through which the first begotten or the firstborn entered in who is Jesus Christ There's some things to be noted here that will clarify our understanding of our faithful high priest Jesus Christ the son of God that he is not the first born in terms of creation because he existed before the world in some of the cultic groups such as Jehovah's Witnesses like to point at these verses and say well it says first born over here we're going to see what that first born actually means 
doesn't mean first created, but it means something else. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. God the Son is eternal, just like God the Father is eternal. God the Holy Spirit is eternal. The Bible reveals God as one Lord, but three distinct persons. The appointment from the Father to the Son came at a certain point. As the Son became a man, a human being. The writer to the Hebrews and the early Christians, they knew this man, Jesus of Nazareth, who spent much time in the temple and Judea went into Decapolis and different people Jews and Gentiles they flocked to hear him thousands upon thousands the Roman government got news there's a healer going on uh, going around there's a preacher and through the incitement of the fellow Jews who hated God, were not righteous. Otherwise, they would have listened to the truth. The Lord said, you, don't, you can't take the truth. You can't hear the truth because you're not of the truth. You want to believe lies. You want to have a religion and rituals, but no relationship. You don't want to come to the light, God. You don't want to come to me, the light of the world to have a relationship with me that I'm offering because your deeds are evil. You know when you come to me, your deeds will be exposed. When it's exposed, when they're exposed, I will give you the ability to have them purged from you. When you have faith in me and what I will do at that time when you're speaking to them. The gospel was, believe in the Son and you'll have life. It had to culminate in the Lord giving His life first on the cross. But when He was a man, He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And He still does that today. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The superiority of Jesus Christ to any God is the first thing we read. Many commentaries or outlines may say superiority of Jesus Christ to the angels and the priesthood. They're certainly there spelled out even as we see here in the beginning. But the very first thing is the recognition of the reminder that man that was walking around and going on the boat doing all these miracles we saw him the apostle says we have handled him we touched him we were with him he was a human being as a human being he had the needs just like any other human being but we saw glimpses of eternal glory in his healing, his delivering of people from Satan's powers, lunatics and demon-possessed people, healing people of the palsy and paralysis, opening eyes that were born blind. No doctor could do that. We saw him do those things and we saw his glory when he spoke. Nobody ever spoke like him even as the centurion and the others said, truly this was the Son of God. Look at what He did just now. Look at what's happened 
Even in his death, look at what's happened. There's something more. And then he rose from the dead. No one ever did that. And he brought many gifts to his people after leading captivity captive. The first thing to note is the God, Hebrews 1 verse 1, who at various times and in various ways, different ages, he is a God of revelation who speaks. He speaks to humanity. He speaks to us. None of us would come to know God without a revelation from him deep inside our very spirits, our hearts. There's no way. We can know about him and we can get very interested in knowing him. We can learn about him, but we cannot know him as our own living God and Father apart from the God who revealed things about himself and his plan without his revelation to our hearts. Bit by bit, like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, God gave revelation. Started with Adam and Eve. And he said, the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent that is striking at his heel. The Lord Jesus, who is a representative of humanity, before the Almighty God and the representative of God, the ultimate representative before God to humanity. How perfect a representative. There were to be a ultimate diplomat of a country to another country. Two nations that know, don't know each other at all, have no relationship Perhaps the ideal candidate would be one who has claims to nativity and origin to both places. The perfect diplomat. The Lord Jesus is the perfect representative. But he's God Almighty. He's God. The man that was representing humanity as a man to Almighty God, to reconcile man to God. The man who is actually God clothed in human flesh, whom the apostles and many people touched. There was a death that happened, a brutal death, after a brutal humiliation and beating. There's a public crucifixion and execution that happened for our Savior. This man who is God, this God who became man. There's a burial that happened after the death by crucifixion. And there was a mysterious resurrection that occurred just as he said it would happen. Proving through the spirit of holiness this is God. Death could not hold him. David says. He cannot be holden by death. He cannot be held by death. He cannot see corruption. The very body there was housing the eternal Godhead, that's right. The eternal Godhead was in that human body. How is that possible? How can we comprehend that? Father, Son, and Spirit were mysteriously and supernaturally housed in that human body it was the second person of the Trinity who was identified as Jesus of Nazareth 
the Holy Spirit came upon him and he cast out devils by the power of the Holy Spirit within him. The words that he spoke came from the Father who was in him. He told Philip, I was with you all this time and you don't know Philip. You want to see the Father now? Don't you know that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Please turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And someone please read verse 8 through 10. Colossians chapter 2 the New King James Version Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Very, very powerful revelation there in Colossians as in Hebrews 1. That in God, in human form, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily the New Living Translation says for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in that body or bodily form the Amplified Version says for in him the whole fullness of deity that is the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form We can know that we come when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're coming to not only the representative of God, but we're coming to God Himself. The one that is seated on the right hand of the majesty on high, exalted with a name that is above every other name. has a body, flesh and bone, but a supernatural body. And the meaning here for the word dwell or dwelleth is a meaning of permanency. Forever we can see Jesus with the wounds. Forever the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. He has chosen to keep that body, the resurrected body, but with the wounds. Death couldn't hold him, but he has purposed forever to identify with us. That's how much he loves us. But that's how powerful he is, that this God who John leaned upon, great affection and nearness, this God was that person, Jesus Christ. That person, Jesus Christ, who walked on the face of the earth is God it was revealed in Isaiah in Ezekiel in the Psalms in Genesis in Exodus through the various feasts the various prophets and priests as we learned in the life training school recently the types and the antitypes all of them, all of the events, the feasts, the people, the prophets, all that spoke of righteousness pointed to one person, Jesus Christ. So the puzzle in the revelation bit by bit was woven together, woven together perfectly by God as if hundreds and hundreds 
of rays of light coming in the revelation to humanity. Hundreds and hundreds of rays of light. A beam here in this year. A beam over there that year. In this century. That century, that millennia. For a few thousand years, God has been revealing around six, I should say four thousand years up until the Lord Jesus appeared. He was sending these beams of revelation till all can see that the source of those beams was the Son Himself, S-O-N, the S-U-N of righteousness in Malachi. It was Jesus about whom all the prophets spoke, whom the law was about. Everything is contained in Jesus to the point that the Bible says in Colossians 2.8 that in this Jesus Christ Colossians 2.9 dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Because we're connected to Jesus Christ see how different this is to learn this and know this and understand the depth of our relationship to the living God it came through the costliest sacrifice ever. The blood, the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God Himself had to give His life as a human being for our souls. He had to come in first, humbly, because that's His nature. He's not a proud God at all. He humbled Himself, even to the point of death on the cross as a criminal for our sins. This God who came in at that particular 4 or 6 B.C. B.C.E. before the Common Era. The particular year, the particular month, the particular day. All these rays of light that came from heaven talking about who He is going to be where he's going to be born, how he's going to live, what he's going to say, how he's going to give his life as a ransom for our sins to bring us back, buy us back. How he's going to resurrect and how he's going to be seated on the right hand of majesty and high. And come back to receive his people to live with him forever. All of these things revealed for 39 books of the Old Testament. Over some 4,000 years since Adam, right before Jesus came. Some four millennia of revelation, here a little, there a little, here a little, there a little. Hundreds of prophecies. The writer to the Hebrews says, this one who was talked about by the ancients. This one who was expected by the faithful. Waiting. Where's the Messiah? Where's the Messiah? Various points in time God spoke. Various ways. To the fathers by the prophetic voice of men he chose who are holy men of God and holy women of God. As a Jewish believer who would have been reading this, it means everything that at the very outset of this letter they're being told forthrightly. You know your history. Someone can trace the history if they're African and see a rich tapestry, a rich history of culture, and all kinds of advancement in science, and the uniqueness. The same can be said of a person who's Chinese, or Indian, or Filipino, or Haitian, or of European descent, or Jewish, 
God has given some very wonderful cultural heritage. But with every culture apart from Christ, there will be the worship of the creature more than the Creator. As a Jew, they knew we are not like cultures with just some rich heritage of variations and uniqueness. We have absolutely zero demonic presence in our true religion. A Jew could rightfully claim that. The Bible says, to whom were the oracles of God given? Who? One man, Abraham, out of millions on the face of the earth. And he was not a Jew, spiritually speaking, until God got a hold of him and changed him. He was the first Jew. Because God made him a Jew. He wasn't born a Jew. That's an important thing to note. God didn't select the Jewish race. He created the Jewish race. Not for themselves to boast. Because they faltered many times. They allowed demons to come in to corrupt that which was not of demons. It was sent from heaven. The commandments that the Lord gave through Moses. All of the revelation he gave through the Jewish prophets. It wasn't something they manufactured. They can claim a right to. It was God who made the Jewish race. And not only for themselves. To be a blessing to every African, every Indian, every Filipino, every Chinese, every Russian, everyone who may not be of the Jewish lineage. God says, Abraham, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. Everyone on the face of the planet was called to be blessed by God, including those of Latin America, Spanish countries, German origin. People migrated, they traveled. Various points in time through various prophets. Where? In Israel. God chose that. God created Israel. We know that from our studies in life training school. People didn't just decide, or I think it's a good place to live. The heathen were there. The demon people of the demon cultures, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Girgashites, the Jebusites. God took over and told Abram, who became Abraham, you're going to be settled here. And through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I'm creating a new family. The world was one in darkness doing whatever they felt like before God came. The world that he created, the man Adam that he created, and the Adam race, the human race, from the dust of the ground, from the clay. There was a race called the human race, but the book of Genesis narrows down from that human race to the Jewish race, beginning with Genesis 12 particularly. And the whole focus is on the Jewish race. Can anyone say bad things about Jews as a believer? That's where we get Christ from. No one who is a non-Jew can ever lightly speak evil of the Jewish race. It's a dangerous thing because God created the Jewish race. Does that mean every Jew is special? Yes. Why? Because every Jew came from the very man that God made special, Abram, who believed in God. He gave him a promise for all eternity that no one ever else got except his lineage. Then through his seed, through Christ, all the Gentiles, including the Arabs, we get to be part of that. Oh, what a glorious mysterious plan. The mystery that's revealed to Paul. He said, people didn't know this before. 
They thought the Jews were just a bunch of people there. But to them came the revelation of Jesus Christ. As a nation, they rejected that. Even though they were exclusively given that privilege to know first from God. So God says to Paul, tell them I'm turning away from you and going to the Gentiles. You're not listening? I'm going to go to people who haven't heard about me before, but they're going to listen when I speak to them. That's exactly what happened. To the Greek isles, the cities and countries along Europe and Turkey, and then going further, as is believed through Thomas, into India, as far as India, many, many people, the Ethiopian Queen's representatives who heard the gospel through Philip took it back to Africa. The gospel spread, but it came through the Jews. Just like in the Caucasian race, you know, among that, so many divisions. Just like in the African, Indian community. Spanish community, any Oriental community, so the Jewish community. There are good and bad people, no question. There are people who are good and people who are very evil in every race. The Bible continually shows that often God had to tell the entire race, only a handful of the Jewish race were really faithful to him. Can you imagine in the entire people that he brought out of Egypt from 430 years of bondage and slavery, only two of the original adults out of millions, a few million people, at least two million, only two adults of the original group at least men by name made it into the promised land not even Moses made it because of another issue but Moses is in the heavenly Canaan right now the people provoked him he had to bear that nonetheless he overstepped his boundary Joshua and Caleb, the only two adults from the original generation, made it. What is God saying? As he said over and over again, he told this Jewish race, this Hebrew race that he created through this non-Hebrew, non-Jew Abram, who he turned into a Jew by giving him what? Special revelation, special blessings. The progenitor, the forefather, the patriarch, of a brand new clan the Hebrew clan the Jewish clan over and over and God said over and over again he said do not think you're special all by yourself remember you were nobody until I came into your life God says if you try to be proud and like a heifer resist like a bull and be stiff necked and keep refusing to obey me and keep doing what you see the heathen who I'm destroying before your face, learn their practices, do their immoral acts, worship their gods, dogs and cats and rats, in all of nature and sun and moon and stars. If you do like that, he said, the very land I brought you to, itself will vomit you out. He told the Jewish people, don't think you're better than other people because of something you are in and of yourself. So this is the group of people who would have been reading this epistle to the Hebrews. Primarily to the Hebrew Christians. But having application to every Christian. As we'll see, the specific promises. You know why? Because we are, Galatians says, the seed of Abraham. Every black, white, brown person in any color in between 
that believes in Jesus, every culture, will become a Christian race. Hallelujah. There's a Christian race that came out of the Jewish race. And although God has separate promises specifically for the Jewish people, they're part of the church age and church race. How? God has brought everything full circle. He made a man. Adam was not a Jew. There's no such thing. Through Adam, centuries later came Abram. And from Abraham, out of all the population of the world, with all the different cultures, when they started uh, separating after the Tower of Babel, they tried to be one. With one language. Let's be one human race. One culture. We all look pretty much the same. We dwell in the same place. Let's build a tower that reaches unto, reaches unto heaven. We don't need God. We'll have our own way. Look what we can do. God separated them and they became different cultures with different languages. He confused their language. But even in that incident we see, just like in the book of Judges, with every judgment of God, there's always room for people to receive mercy. In the midst of fire and brimstone coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah and all the cities over there, there was an escape route God had, a fire escape. The angel, the angels were sent to bring them out through the fire escape. Lot made it with his daughters. Everybody else, including his wife, perished. There's a distinct looking figure in that area that people call Lot's wife. It has the salt content around the Dead Sea area. It has the elements of intense heat. Different things that many people believe to be the remnant of Lot's wife preserved all these years. Whether that's the case or not, we know the biblical record is true. There are certain things God has left when archaeologists dig and people observe with all the scientific ability today, with things like Jericho, the wall of Jericho falling, Solomon's riches, things that people thought these are just stories, the existence of King David, Abraham's hometown, if you will, Abram, Mesopotamia, they thought it never existed. They've uncovered so many things with so much of uh, material that points to the legitimacy of the biblical record including Noah's flood. The fountains that were broken up from the deep, as well as the windows of heaven open. There are intricate studies of the magma that's underneath the earth's surface. That when it rises through a cataclysmic event, the heat is so much, so extreme that when it touches the water once the crust is broken of the earth jet streams will just shoot up into the sky full of steam cause more precipitation to happen a, a tremendous deluge not only from above but from beneath they've discovered that certain areas they've seen that something happened along with tremendous rainwater that came from the clouds in an unprecedented fashion there's a permanent geological change it's a something happened that's unlike any other human event human history God is the one who out of all of this universal occurrences zeroed in on one man Abram who became Abraham through these people the families of Abraham, the family who became families, the twelve tribes, he brought Jesus Christ. So when a Jewish person reads this, a Jewish Christian, especially, they knew right away, 4,000 years of history, and we're here in the first century reading this, oh we know, 
We know. This is true. He did speak. To Adam and Eve. He did speak. To Abram. Who became Abraham. He did speak to Moses. He spoke to Isaiah. He spoke to Ezekiel. He spoke to Daniel. Many, many revelations to many people. Different centuries. And in various ways. What various ways? He not only spoke directly in a prophetic utterance, he spoke in parabolic form too. He had different prophets such as Ezekiel do certain things right in front of the captive's eyes when they were deported to Babylon to show them. He did certain things through Jeremiah to get a girdle and do certain things to show how everything's become good for nothing because of the disobedience and rebellion and the desire to be like the world invite demons into the homes of the Israelites. And artifacts have been discovered, tiny miniature idols in the homes of the Israelites which have been excavated right to the time of the kings where rampant idolatry happened under wicked kings. They found it not outside somewhere in some shrine. They found it in the very apartments, if you will. The very little houses of the Hebrews. Inside they had little 6-inch or 12-inch figures of various gods and goddesses. Can you imagine that? They brought it into their homes. But these are the people to whom God spoke. The Jews are not special by themselves. The Hebrews are not special by themselves. It's because of God who wanted to do what? Bless not only them, but the whole world. But they are the chosen people of God. But so are we, non-Jews, through Christ. He's brought together to make one new man of who? Jew and Gentile. What a beautiful plan. Who could ever think of such a thing? Who could ever orchestrate this? Put all the pieces together. Only the living God. Not a false God, some idol. Some fabrication of a darkened imagination. But God Almighty through revelation of reality. He's spoken to us after all these years. You know who He's spoken to us now? Through His Son. God Himself has come down. The one Jesus whom He has appointed heir of all things. What was He before He became a man? God. But when He became a man and He humbled Himself, He went through all the things that human beings go through that are common to human beings. The frailties of human flesh apart from Disease taking over because it could not. He did feel tired, hungry. He had to sleep a certain amount. Disease and death could not touch him. Hallelujah! Everywhere he went, disease and death flew away. They fled. And he could cast out diseases and death. In him is the virtue, the power of the Godhead bodily. How could disease land on that body when God is living in that that body? How could death come near him? Death couldn't hold him. He did die, but it couldn't hold him. He could not be corrupted. His flesh did not see decay. There was no deterioration there other than the wounds. But he did really die. But he rose victoriously with a body that can never die. This is the hope that the one that God appointed heir of all things, why, as we see later in this chapter, quoting from Psalm 45, Jesus did everything the Father said. He proved himself. He died on the cross for humanity. He went the distance. He rose from the dead. He went into the Holy of Holies in heaven. 
His blood was offered to be the ultimate sacrifice at the mercy seat of God. Hebrew Christians, you just, I know you just became Christians. I know there's persecution everywhere. People are being hunted down like criminals and you are a Jew, you became a Christian, you'll be thrown out of the Jewish community. Some 2,000 years of history from Abraham on down to the time of Christ. Two millennia of history as a Jew with Jewish progenitors. Some 1,500 years of history as a nation of Jews. Everything is stripped away from you by Jewish people. But not before God. Don't give up. Let me show you what you've entered into. A new community. A new race. The Christian race. Which is not a race by skin color or physical DNA. But spiritual glory. With a white robe of righteousness. With all kinds of precious stones. That God is using to build you up. As a holy temple. With the blood of God himself. His DNA. The creation of the Hebrew race and the Hebrew nation and all that they did and all that God did for them was to point to being a partaker of this new group of people called born again, twice born people, the Christians of Christ, Christos. We belong to Him. These Jews who had all of this, like the Apostle Paul, Initially would have thought, what is this? Branching off of the stock. This great heritage we have that we know came from God. It was God who spoke to Abram. And so they told Jesus, we have Abram as a father. Who are you? He said, if you follow the ways of Abraham, you believe in me. Said, what? Before Abraham was, I am. I am. I may look like I'm 30-something years old now. And physically, in human form, I am. That's how old I am. There's another age that is eternal. My real age is ageless. Before Abraham was. I'm talking to you. If you were the children of Abraham, two millennia before, this time, if you really belong to him, you'd believe in me. So you're not even 50 years old. You've seen Abraham. Before Abraham, I was. I am. They knew. Speaking just like God spoke to Moses. They wanted to kill him. The Hebrew Christians initially would have had a hard time. What is this? This man rises up. He gets crucified, executed. The temple people, the leaders, they tell, tell us he's blaspheming. He's an imposter. Don't listen to him. God comes to them. Just like he told Peter, don't call. The Gentiles unclean anymore. I'm doing something new. Are you ready? Love is being poured out upon the entire world. For God so loved the world. Not just Abram. Not just the Jews. I have a revelation for you. I kept you separate from the corrupt world. But you were a prototype and a predecessor to the church that I'm creating through the blood of my son comprised of Jews and Gentiles. What a plan. Now they're brought full circle into this narrow road called Christianity, the way of the cross. And these Hebrew Christians have a lot at stake in this world to lose but by comparison to gain that which is incomparable. Eternal riches. A heavenly Canaan. They no longer need to fear that during the diaspora they're being scattered and persecuted. There's a spiritual Canaan. They will never vomit them out once they come in. Because they cannot sin anymore. Why? Because they would have been made perfect as all Gentiles who believe in Jesus. There's hope, beloved, through 
the horrible things that are happening through this plague that's going on certain parts of the world now heightened there's hope there's value to telling someone who's dying and who's being oppressed hurt no matter what religion they are Jesus loves you Jesus has a home for you in heaven Jesus can heal you He died for you on the cross. He went through agony so that you can be safe one day with Him. He rose from the dead on the third day. No other God did that. There is no other God beside Him. He lives forever on the right hand of majesty. He loves you. He can help you. Jesus, say Jesus. The only name that saves. The only name that delivers. The only name that heals. In these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. Through his son, who's the heir of the whole universe. Every kingdom will come under him. That man, and some people call and some take offense, Palestine, of the land of Palestine, but more correctly, the land of the Jews, the land of the Hebrews, the land of Israel who is a prince with God. That specially chosen piece of land, God promised to Abraham and reconfirmed it to Isaac and Jacob and to the people of Israel. For most of his life, he walked in that small territory. He went on boat in the northern region, the Galilee, in that small territory, relatively speaking. And he ventured out now and then, crossed the borders to show God's heart to evangelize the entire world. Doesn't matter even if you are a Canaanite woman. There are people God abhorred. Why? Because they were abhorring God. They were disgusting. They were brutal. They were killing their babies. God can't sit still and have no emotion when he's seeing slaughter happening. And vile things happening where they're abusing themselves and other people. He's a good God. He's a holy God. But you know what? His mercy is so great that a woman that came from that stock, from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he not only gave her her request to set her daughter free from demon possession, he showed his great love for her. He says, I love you. You're worth everything to me. Great is your faith. Believe in me. How great God is. Have you ever met or heard about a God like this? Have you ever seen or heard about an incarnation like this? God becoming flesh? Have you ever heard about a love and power in the words and deeds of a man like this who was God in the flesh? Have we ever heard in any religion of an atonement on Yom Kippur? The sacrifice of a man, the only man who is called the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Has anyone been heralded as a lamb, a man who is a lamb and fulfilled all of centuries of rituals and festivals and feasts? Has there been anyone in human history about whom it's been predicted? Some 300 plus specific prophecies culminating in one man. How is it possible? From different ages, different people, everything fits together perfectly in human timeline, human history, Accounting for the surrounding cultures, including as far as India, mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Africans, Egypt, Ethiopians, talking about the pre-Germanic tribes, the Philistines and all other seafaring people. 
God covers a whole lot of ground to show it's in this world, a real world with a real timeline, that I've come in to really save everybody who believes in me. Hebrew people, Hebrew Christians, this is the Savior who came and has spoken to us. And he goes on to talk about not only the divinity of Jesus Christ, which is paramount, the first thing we must know. He's a God who is able to save because he's God. And as a man who is appointed heir of all things, he's superior to every high priest that has ever come. Every priest and high priest. Before that, he's superior to the angels. He's invisible. Millions and millions of powerful beings. This man that you saw walk and preach and heal and deliver, he's superior to them. Who is he? He's the express image of God. The brightness of his glory. The Hebrew Christians are being encouraged right from chapter 1. From the very first part of the letter to the Hebrews. Some of you are feeling weary. Hebrew Christians. You're getting attacked. Let me show you the rich heritage you've stepped into. And it's not a cultural thing to see in a museum and write about and be amazed about. There's power to sustain you and help you to run the race and to finish it. Jesus Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. He is God Almighty. He can do it and He will keep His word. In the common vernacular, He was saying, hang in there. Don't give up. Stay firm. In fact, embrace it. Embrace the truth. Embrace God because He's holding you. Nobody can separate you from Him. Forget about all the temple leaders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They can throw you out from their place. They can't throw you out from God's house. Hallelujah. They may kick you out of the temple, which is going to be destroyed shortly after this was written. They can't kick you out of the temple in heaven. Hallelujah. They can disown you and say, you're no Jew. God will say, you're the true Jew. Come. Hallelujah. For us today, we have embarked on a book that will encourage us much because we'll understand the context of how God is speaking and to what situations that these Hebrew Christians were facing. Tremendous persecution. They're encouraged along the way, not only to embrace the promises, but take heed to the warnings, to be careful. They were told very directly, you'll lose everything if you defect from the treasure God has given you of becoming one in Christ. If you turn your backs on Christ, if you go after the world, if you go after your old comfortable life, if you go after your amusements, if you sin willfully after that one eternal sacrifice was made, if you continue, there will be no more remedy. I'm warning you. With all the encouragement, there are warnings here. To keep them sober. At the same time, tremendous encouragement. You're my children. Therefore, I'll discipline you to make sure you're in the way of righteousness and you won't lose everything. What a beautiful God. What a wonderful Father. He's the best. Shall we pray? I'll Thank you, Lord. How great you are, Lord. How marvelous is the Lord. Your loving kindness, Lord, your plan, your purpose is eternal, God. There's no one wise like you, Lord. You are the all-wise, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. Lord, the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, omnibenevolent, God, the all-knowing, all-wise, all-present in every situation in our lives, Lord. The all-powerful God who can save us from every situation that's adverse to us. And the all-loving God whose grace is flowing, flowing from heaven upon your children. Oh, Father, thank you. 
Thank you, Lord. You're there to help us in time of need, Lord. And I pray that the word would strengthen each of us. Hold fast to your promises, my Father. You're coming, Lord, to end all our troubles. Jesus Christ, the righteous, our Savior, our High Priest, our Redeemer, the Perfector, the author and finisher of our faith. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.